Leading Ideas Talks podcast is brought to you by the Lewis Center for Church Leadership of Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C. Subscribe free to our weekly e-newsletter, Leading Ideas, at churchleadership.com slash leadingideas. Leading Ideas Talks is also brought to you by LPLI, a confidential online 360-degree leadership assessment instrument. LPLI is designed to help those working in the church identify individual strengths and weaknesses so they may improve their ministry effectiveness. LPLI is available in both pastor and church staff versions. Learn more at lpli.org. And remember to stay up to date with the latest church leadership strategies and information. Please like and subscribe to this channel and click the bell icon to get updates for new videos. How can professional Christians be their authentic selves when in the spotlight of public ministry? In this episode, we speak with church musician and author Sarah Bereza about the challenges of being authentic, knowing how much to share, and how to avoid oversharing when in a public ministry role. Welcome to Leading Ideas Talks, a podcast featuring thought leaders and innovative practitioners. I am Jessica Anschutz, your host for this Leading Ideas Talk, and I serve as the Assistant Director of the Lewis Center for Church Leadership. Joining me is Sarah Bariza, a musician with over 20 years of ministry experience who currently serves as the Music Director at Grace United Methodist Church in St. Louis. She's the author of Professional Christian, Being Fully Yourself in the Spotlight of Public Ministry. Thank you, Sarah, for taking time to speak with me today. So as we kick off our conversation, Sarah, I know you'll have a lot to share with us. Um, What does it mean for church leaders to be fully themselves in the spotlight of public ministry? So of course there's the book length answer, the like essay answer, but like the three sentence answer is really thinking about personal values, thinking up about personality and personal strengths and weaknesses and taking those things about our individual selves and being in a professional setting where we can be like the best version of ourselves, the most um, spiritually um, in-depth and energized person that we can be. And conversely, not being in a place that kind of makes us be smaller, like not being in a too stiff of clothes in um, a place that makes us um, uh, less vibrant than we could be otherwise. In thinking about those things that can make us less, less vibrant, what are some of the obstacles or challenges that professional Christians face and how can we overcome them? Mm, that is uh, such a big question and something that I think really depends on where we are in our ages and stages. Um, When I was conceiving of this book, I was thinking especially about people who are early on in ministry, people who are in seminary, people in their first call. Um, And for me, on on the music side of things, people who went to college to be classical musicians, and they were like, oh, well, I love Jesus. I can work in the church and have no idea what church ministry really, really entails. If you are just starting out, you might not be able to figure out where you yourself with your values, with your strengths, with your weaknesses, um, where you should really be. And uh, if you end up in a place where where you're not able to be yourself, it, it, it can sometimes take a while to become apparent, um, depending on your personality, uh, because it can be so like, well, I'm just, you know, in the busyness of life, in the hecticness, hecticness of life, doing our things, doing our things, and then realizing that 
wait, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff that I'm not particularly good at. I'm doing these things that aren't, oh, wait, I have to shut down those certain sides of my values um, because, you know, it's not welcome here. Or this certain part of my identity is just not, not allowed to be here. And that might not be apparent on day one if you're not thinking about it in the job interview process and as you're, uh, as you're deciding whether to take a particular position. What are some things that folks should keep in mind when they are thinking about taking those positions? Um, or are there even questions that folks should ask through the interview process so that they can mm. begin to discern this discernment? Yeah, I think, I think some of this, like if we're thinking around um, values and identity, like as opposed to like, well, I'm particularly good at public speaking. But if we're thinking about particularly about our values, I think that especially for people who haven't gone through seminary and are like clearly aligned with a particular denomination. So that's a, you know, you have that, all that training that is really preparing me to work in a specific kind of place. But for the many, many people working in re professional religious settings, so working in non-profs, working um, as uh, youth leaders and church musicians and office administrators and churches, all of those types of places where you are in a religious environment and you are hired to fit in that particular religious space, but you aren't necessarily trained to think about that side <laughs> of your profession. Um, you didn't have all those conversations in the seminary. Um, right. Think in terms of your values and in terms of your, like your personality, those types of things, you really need to like, kind of like sit down, you know, get out something like, a, what's that classic book? Uh, what color's your parachute? Really think about like, what are your values here? Is it important for you to work in a place with XYZ uh, progressive values? Is it important for you to work in a place that affirms the Nicene Creed? Is it important for you? Like whatever those things are, because if you're not thinking about it, you can very easily get into a place that you, just because you never even thought to ask um, where, you know, I know plenty of people whose personal identities don't align with the churches where they work, and it is totally fine for them because that isn't important for them, you know, mm -hmm. and that is, I am not judging them. That is, that is their choice. And for many people, that would just be a terrible, terrible thing for them to work in. Of course, it's very different um, in a, in like a clergy type setting or someone's going to seminary, but isn't really clergy because you are aligning yourself already with a denomination. And in some settings, you are placing yourself under the authority of a bishop who's going to tell you where to go, who is going to say like, well, you are the solo pastor at this church where you can do all these things uh, that aren't in your skill set, but you get to do it because you're the solo pastor and you're the one who's, <laughs> you're, you're doing it, um, have fun. And in those kinds of settings, you know, we want to lean into our strengths. So we want to lean into our values, but we also have to acknowledge like we, we didn't have the say in everything and trust that God is leading us um, through the authority of the religious leader who's putting us in that workplace. So keeping that in mind that sometime we, sometimes we end up in situations or positions that are on some level beyond our control. Um, and sometimes we're surprised, right? When we come into situations. What should church leaders keep in mind as they strive to be themselves? What, what factors are important? How should they sort of begin to discern how much of themselves to share or, or not to share in a particular situation? I really think about the importance of our colleagues um, and our close friends and how extraordinarily important those close relationships are, um, those safe spaces are to talk through 
the difficult things that we're going through to get um, kind of validation that what we're experiencing is real and not just uh, you know, a failing of personality or we're just not being gracious enough or Christian enough or whatever it is, but to realize that there are, uh, I would say structural things happening where we are at odds with the setting that we are currently called to be in. And alongside of that, I think that we can also um, ask for grace from the people around us. And there are oftentimes more, not always, but oftentimes more room for us to be fully ourselves than we necessarily think, because people can be really big. People can be um, really gracious and curious, not always. Um, I mean, we, we were, we've been working in churches for a long time. People can, are often not gracious. And sometimes when we give them the opportunity, they can rise to that challenge and they can begin to understand that, oh, there are different ways to see a question. I'm thinking of um, Leah Shade's book, Preaching in the Purple Zone, which is about how, how does a pastor preach in a congregation that is different politically from them? And she like, mm, this is off the top of my head, but she's like, okay, in a case examples of uh, around say gun control or environmental uh, activism. How do you preach in that kind of setting? And um, one thing that she suggests as a starting place is to say we're allowed to have this conversation. So if we're going to talk about climate change, we're gonna start by talking about how God created the world. We are allowed to talk about this and we're allowed to talk about this respectfully with care for each other without um, moral judgment or starting out with a moral judgment. Well, you don't agree with me, you're a bad person. And when we start in that kind of place, we can not always, but often open up to uh, a bigger understanding of the people around us and a bigger of them, a, 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 a more of a way for them to understand who we are as people to a, a better way, way for us to live into our, into our calling and into our values. I think that's a really great point to think about how these challenging conversations or challenging topics may be related to, to who we are <laughs> and to who mm -hmm. God is, mm -hmm. is calling us to be and, and to root those conversations in scripture and the tradition of, of the church as a, mm -hmm. as a starting place. I think that's really helpful, especially when uh, reflecting on diff difficult topics. Oh, for sure. So your book is Professional Christian, Being Fully Yourself in the Spotlight of Public Ministry. And if folks haven't read it, I certainly encourage them to do so. What does it mean for you to think of yourself as a professional Christian? For me, a professional Christian is someone who is employed specifically as a Christian person. And in America, someone who is employed in a place where they can be hired and fired based on religious belief and moral action. So in not just churches, but in religious nonprofits, um, there is a lot of um, space for, for um, uh, these religious settings to hire someone. What do you exactly believe about the Trinity? What do you exactly believe about XYZ specifically religious thing? Or uh, what color is your skin? What's your sexual orientation? All those things that in other settings would be illegal to ask about, um, they can ask you in an interview process. It can come up three years later. Um, you could get a new priest at the parish who doesn't like you and you could be fired tomorrow. And that is totally 100% legal in America. And 
it's also so there's that like kind of like legal employment uh your finances are tied to your faith or at least how your church understands or your organization understands your faith there are um you know, plenty of churches who are willing to hire a musician or an office administrator who's not themselves religious, not criticizing that, but that person is still under a certain type of organizational structure um, that is not going to like it if they have an affair, that is certainly not going to appreciate it if they start posting things on Facebook that goes against the values of the church, right? Even if they don't care if that person is a Christian. But there's also an aspect to this, I think, for those of us who are Christians working in the survivor, which is most professional Christians. Um, where our beliefs are causing us to be in this place. Like our, our own faith leads us to this place of employment, which is very tricky because we all go through seasons of doubt. We all go through periods where we are not, um, you know, the dark, the dark nights of the soul where, where we are not like just overflowing with um, some sort of happy kind of faith or this very like publicly effusive Kind of faith and um when we're in a setting that calls uh calls us to perform our faith that wants us to be a role model that wants us to be all these things that we would love for all christians to be all the time i mean I, uh, if you can't see me this is me being slightly sarcastic of course we are not like this all the time right um but if we're in a place that like wants us to be this and we would like to be that too, but, but we're not. Um, for me, that, that's a, there's a lot of ethical issues there. There are some moral issues there. Um, and there are issues about just like personal authenticity. Like how do, you, how do you get up and preach every Sunday when you're the professional Christian who's supposed to like have some answers, but actually you're just going through a hard time and you can't necessarily even share that with your congregation. Um, that can be very um, morally complicated for, for professional Christians. Absolutely. Trying to discern how to share, what to share, when to share um, is, is absolutely a challenge when you find yourself in the spotlight of public ministry. What words of wisdom do you have for church leaders to make those decisions about, about what to share publicly and what to keep private? So when I was working on this book, I interviewed 50 different church leaders across denominations, across uh, um, all, all these different uh, demographic and socioeconomic um, criteria to get a wider range of input than just like me, myself, and I, and my experiences working in evangelical and mainline churches. How do we have integrity when we can't share immediately? Because there are plenty of things that it's just not um, responsible or appropriate or fair to our families, fair to ourselves to talk about things um, sometimes ever. Or sometimes, you know, we can't talk about them for the next six months and then, then we can start talking about it. And um, I found a lot of solace in these conversations with these different leaders because of the um, conversations that we had around our motivations, where um, just because you're not talking about something doesn't mean you're faking, doesn't mean you are um, pretending. Um, because of that kind of like the place of like, well, where, where is that? I mean, sometimes intentions can go badly, but so much of this is around, it's like, well, what are you trying to do? If you're trying to respect your family's privacy, um, you don't have to lie about what's going on. You don't have to make up stories, but you can also just not talk about what's going on. Or you can just say, oh, there are some, there are some family things going on, period. And, you know, if, even if people don't respect that, 
you can still have that firm boundary, whether or not people like that boundary, you can make that boundary for yourself. And that is a ethical, moral, good thing to do. Um, and it's not, it's not um, putting on a fake plastic smile and pretending things are okay, but it's also not letting people into your, into, into business that isn't necessarily for public sharing. In the book, when you're talking about uh, striving to be authentic, you talked about two pitfalls, the pitfalls of oversharing and isolation, which are sort of on two extreme. Oh, yeah. How can church leaders avoid these pitfalls and seek balance? That goes for me back to our colleagues and to our, um, our close friends, our close relationships. This came up so many times times in the interviews that I did. Um, I can't even t tell you how many people pointed out Jesus and his disciples and Jesus going away with his disciples and having those uh, safer places of conversation and um, mutual support. And this doesn't mean necessarily getting together and just complaining about everything. Although sometimes we, we just need to complain um, and need to be in a place where people can, uh, you know, listen to that and then help us move forward um, after we've gotten that off of our hearts, but that particular part of ministry can be, it, it can be really obvious. Oh, of course we should talk with our colleagues. Of course we should have regular times of, of community with people who are in similar places as us. And I sometimes, I, I think often in the, the busyness of life, we have, we have so many things going on. Uh, it can be really easy to ignore those because that is not on our, um, you know, our evaluating list. This isn't like what, you know, check, check, check for our jobs. Oh, did you have your hourly phone call with so-and-so who's not in this organization, who's your, just your buddy? You know, did you have lunch with a friend this week? It's not on our, like our job professional list necessarily. And it can be easy, uh, especially if you're in a busy season, um, to just let it fall off your, uh, your priorities. Even though I, I think that that is way high in priorities, way more than email, uh, you know, we need to, we need to invest in those relationships, even when we're busy, even when we think we don't have the time for it. Absolutely. The benefit that simply taking a break to have a cup of coffee with a friend can, mm -hmm. can give to us, not just in that moment, but in the long oh, yeah. term is, mm -hmm. is huge. I want to shift a little bit. We've been talking about, um, sort of the folks who are in those professional Christian positions, um, paid positions, staff positions. And I want to look a little bit at sort of the folks that, that were serving and their reactions um, to us and their receptions of us. So for those who are in positions to, to hire professional Christians, um, what can they do to sort of look at their, their environments to make sure they're providing a nurturing and supportive and positive relationship um, or even environment for the folks that they are, that they are hiring? Well, yeah, I'm on the more traditional side of things. I, do, I love the choir. We had 27 people in choir yesterday. That's yeah. awesome. I know. It's like it's a random Sunday in April. Go, you guys. It's fantastic. Uh, they sounded great. And those are people who do not necessarily understand what it means to be a professional Christian. Why would they? They're not thinking about this. So in terms of the hiring and um, thinking about how those types of folks can 
uh, make for a nurturing environment. I, I think that often we, teaching is maybe too strong of a word, but maybe explaining like what's going on on the the ministry side of things, the ministry leader side of things. Um, and, and sometimes like making a comparison to lay leaders who are like not paid in their roles, because in many churches, a huge amount of the work happens because of lay leaders who are not paid to be there, but oh my goodness, do they put in the hours, right? And I think many of those folks also, even though their finances are not not part of the equation, they are in many ways functioning as a professional Christian because of, of the leadership role that they have. And those types of folks will often understand uh, what's happening, uh, like like the, the the structure of what's of what's going on for a professional Christian because they have enough experience with um, with working with volunteers to realize how tricky some things can be. Um, sometimes folks, I, I think we all, we all know this if we've been in, in churches for a while, but sometimes folks who just volunteer a little have no idea what it's like to work with volunteers for 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week. Um, and I say this was with so much love. I, I, I love working with volunteers. And Oh, it can be so tricky to work with all the personalities and all the preferences and everybody wants something that's slightly different. And of course you cannot please them all. You alluded to some of the challenges that folks face in working with volunteers. Um, actually, they can happen just when you're working with people. Oh, um, yeah, people in general. <laughs> the, the reality of of criticism and not meeting people's expectations or their ideals or even their perceived ideals. How can we as professional Christians sort of better respond to that, that criticism or the failure of expectations? Oh yeah. And so much of about, about that is understanding that that is about that person and not about you. And that doesn't mean oh, we're perfect and we never make a mistake and we never need input to like make something better. Okay, obviously we, you know, we're people too. We make mistakes too. We are fallible. And uh, the types of um, commentary that we sometimes get from from volunteers can be um, 100% not helpful. It's not constructive criticism and it's coming from their own uh, their own brokenness, from their own preferences, their own lack of understanding about what's going on. And that's, about them. And to me, that is the, by far the most important thing to understand is that it's about them and it's not about you and that you can listen to it and you can take that to heart and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately you have to understand uh, what that type of criticism is about. Or just those types of comments. Sometimes it's like, oh, they love it too. I'm glad they love it. Again, that's about them. You know, <laughs> that's right. their own preference. I mean, I deal with this all the time in the music world because like for 99% of people ever commenting on something, that is 100% preference. They're not thinking about the whole structure of the worship service, which is like what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about, is this my favorite song? But for so many other folks, it's like, well, I just like it, which great, I'm glad they like it. And, you know, that's a one particular type of criteria. Right. And perhaps why do you like it or how does it speak to you mm -hmm, or mm -hmm, how does mm -hmm. it push you to grow in your faith? There are yeah, so yeah. many different aspects that we can, we can look at as we sort of move toward the finished line for today. I want to lift up in um, professional Christian, you lift up three different kinds of valleys, difficult circumstances, our imperfect selves and seasons of transitions. And you highlight that it might be important for church leaders to be more transparent about those valleys. Um, why is that the case and how might we do that? 
Mm, that is uh, such a good question. And something that I, uh, when I was interviewing folks, I learned so much from folks who are uh, at a different stage of life than I am, and particularly old, people who are significantly older than I am. I'm in my uh, mid to late 30s. And I talked to folks who, who um, I'm thinking of uh, one person who uh, was a UCC pastor. So she's part of the congregation where she is. And she told me about how she walked through the, um, the illness of her mother and then eventually the death of her mother alongside of her congregation and how her congregation was aware of this very difficult thing happening as it was happening, like in the real time of her ministry. And what she said to me, and, and I, I'm paraphrasing this, um, was she, she talked to me about how much this is um, uh, Reverend Jacqueline Lewis, Reverend Dr. Jacqueline Lewis. And um, she talked to me about how her, uh, how, how good this was for ministry. Not, not good, like, oh, good that her mother's dying in this, this sad way, but good in the sense of people realize that, oh, well, you're like me. Like you, you also are walking through the Lonesome Valley. You are also going through something difficult. And this came up again and again, um, where it's not that um, the people I was talking with, the professional Christians I was talking with, it's not that they were saying that, oh, well, we should just overshare and just, uh, you know, talk, talk uh, off the cuff about things. But so many of them were very comfortable talking about difficult things, uh, especially after the fact, um, when things were a little bit less raw, like that's a wonderful thing for people to be able to see our humanity and, and to see that we are following God in the midst of all these difficult things, in the midst of the trials, in the, you know, with everything that bad that's happened to us in the past, we're, we're following God. We want people to see this and we can share those kinds of difficult things in ways that are appropriate, that are respectful to our families and our family's privacy, to our own privacy. We can find ways to share the difficult things. And a lot of, of fruit can be born through the sharing yes. of those. Yes, 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 yes. So, so much, so much good can come from that. So as we wrap up our time today, Sarah, I want to invite you just to kind of reflect on what, what do you want professional Christians to, to hear from you as they continue in their ministries in the spotlight of public ministry? Oh, the biggest thing, wow, you are amazing. Whoever you are, God made you so big. God made you bigger than you can imagine with so many, so many wonderful things that you haven't even discovered yet because you're going to grow and grow and grow as a person and who you are in 10 years will be even more than you are now, will be different from who you are now. And when you are in a professional place where you can live into that growth, where you can live into that possibility of who God made you to be along with everyone else. Wow. It is an amazing thing. It is a wonderful thing to be able to follow God in that, in that bigness and in that growth. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Jessica. It's been so good to be here. Thanks for joining us for Leading Ideas Talks. Please like and subscribe to this channel and click the bell icon to get updates for new videos.